cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to an episode of The Dime. As always, I'm Brian Fields, and with me is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Keith Hoffman, CEO of Engager Brand. Keith, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. So when you were kind of getting started in the space, was cannabis a big part of your life, or was it something that just kind of you just kind of migrated into through experiences and through your location? Well, so I have, you know, I have a long history with the plant. I went to school at the University of Michigan. And like when I went to school there, it was like literally it was a $5 ticket for getting caught smoking weed and uh, like a $50 ticket for getting caught with open alcohol. So as a result, there was a lot of cannabis consumption going on in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I got to be, become very familiar with the plant when I was there. They have this thing every year called the Hash Bash, which is a big event that's on in the middle of campus. And it's just kind of always been one of those kind of sort of for the Midwest, one of those kind of hubs for cannabis. Um, So then, you know, obviously working in the music industry, a lot of cannabis consumption going on there uh, as well. So let's talk about your media company. When you first got started in the space, was it one that it took up traction pretty quickly or or it it took a little more time and you kind of had to evolve the business plan over time? It was definitely hard early on. When we started in early 2015, so we had a website and then we had a video production capabilities. And first of all, it was really hard to raise money at that time. And then second of all, it was really hard to convince cannabis companies that they should spend money to create broadcast quality video content. And because at that time, like most of the video content were like, guys ripping bong bong hits on YouTube, you know, uh, or showing people how to do dabs, you know, and it was pretty low end content. So like people were like, oh yeah, my buddy's got a video camera. You can just do the video for us. And so there was a lot of education where it was like, you know, hey guys, like we need to create like a better quality content. And what started to help us was the fact that because most cannabis companies and even to this day can't really advertise the way that you know any other business can we were able to come up with ways to integrate we created programs where the cannabis services and products could be integrated into the shows but where we had to start to evolve was that um, so we'd create this great video content and then it was really hard to be able to drive people to be able to see it because same issues can't run Facebook ads, can't, you know, do, you know, Google ad buys for this content. So we create, we ended up having to create the first multi-platform video network for cannabis. And so we were able to create that and we were on Apple TV, Amazon, um, Roku TV. We were on about 14 different platforms. So obviously coming from the music background and your skilled expertise there and then applying it to the cannabis industry is layered with different challenges outside of capital and kind of distribution aspects. What other challenges did you see that were similar that you had to overcome from, let's say, the music cannabis background? Well, there were a lot more challenges that were unique to this industry than there were 
similar. I mean, I think that's the hardest thing for people that are coming in from the outside, like where it's like, oh my God, I can't use my same toolkit, you know, uh, for this industry. You know, what do you mean I can't advertise on Instagram? You know, what do you mean I can't talk about this, that, or the other? So essentially, you know, we're creating brands, right? And driving demand for those brands. Where I did find similarities were like, you know, look, because we're focused on music, like we know where this audience is, right? They're at, they're at the shows, they're at the festivals. And so we, I leveraged my, my background in doing a lot of live event, you know, activations and promotions and through my uh, connections with promoters and, and managers and agents, we're able to go and activate at festivals and concerts directly to the audience there which right now is pretty unique because most cannabis like brands are kind of like I almost call it like they're 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 marketing within the cannabis bubble right like every like there's the there's these events and there's these sites and there's things that are just like all for kind of the cannabis you know audience but as you guys know like Probably, I would venture most cannabis consumers don't necessarily just live in that world, right? It, it, cannabis is just, it's just another aspect of, of their lifestyle and what, the, and what they do. What is one concept operating in the cannabis industry that would shock others to know? Oh, that's, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know how much I want to go into some of the things that are happening because um, don't want to get in anyone into trouble. Let's just say that, and I mean, you've probably already seen this in New York. There's a lot of California brands that are, that are in other states right now and are in other countries right now. And there's a lot of stuff that's happening that where like people are just getting creative to figure out how to make stuff happen. And it may not be 100%, you know, cookie cutter by the book to make it happen. But it's also uh, it's filling a market need because there's a, there's, a, there's a demand for these brands and there's an interest in these brands. Yeah, look, I'd say that that's probably the, the one thing. It's like, look, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on out there right now that is, uh, yeah, not exactly going by the letter of law. How do you connect with underserved demographics in the cannabis market in states that are not yet legal? So the way we're doing it is we're selling our non- THC products to them so that we're building brand awareness, we're building an affinity and a connection to that audience. So in some places it may literally just be apparel, right? And like, or maybe it's accessories. Um, it's maybe it's, you know, we've got these branded um, smoke kits that we sell that have like a grinder kind of built into them and they're little dugouts. Just whatever it is that is legal to be sold, um, you know, we at least want to build that connection and that and is and make sure and obviously the products have to have utility to them and they have to connect and they have to make sense for that audience. But that's the way that we're doing it. And it's I mean, it's kind of taking a page out of the, the cookies model, right? 20 years from now, we will look back and say, that was barbaric. I can't believe we did that in the cannabis industry. What is that? I don't know about barbaric, but I mean, I just think that at some point we're going to look back and just say, like, like, how crazy was it that literally we couldn't promote our products on social media or on, you know, just like we can't. We can't talk openly about this plant 
right? Is like to me, it's bar. I guess I would consider it barbaric because it's like there are so many like useful benefits to this plant that by withholding this information, we're kind of playing into the fact that you know that we're playing into the misinformation, right? By making it banned information for us not being able to kind of treat it the way that it should be treated as a product, as a plant, we're basically buying into the stereotypes because like, oh, there must be something wrong with it because, you know, you can't talk about it, you know, openly. All right, Keith, before we do predictions, we ask all of our guests, if you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? The thing that I've learned, it's like always be curious, you know, always want to learn more because the world is always changing. It's going to continue to change. And the people that I find that are the most miserable in life are the ones that are always bitching and moaning about how things are changing. So embrace the change. All right. Prediction time. Keith, do brands outside of cookies travel? If not, how will they travel and when? Definitely brands outside cookies will travel. Do they travel now? I will predict that over the next 12 to 24 months, we will see other brands that will travel. Keith, for our <laughs> listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to learn more. Where can they find you? I'm Keith at uh, engagerbrands.com is my email. Um, and then my, I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's sort of my main social media profile. Can always uh, reach out to me there. Uh, just look, just search me uh, there, and then in engagerbrands.com. You can also use that to find um, our, all of our brands from there, whether it be Heavy Grass or Neon Roots. Yeah, we'll link those up in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on Podcon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.